Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem to the Koilel Aga de Perka to Garden Hills, New York. Actually, this will be our last live share here in Kew Garden Hills. It's been a nice run. We've been getting together for, uh, I believe, 10 years. And uh, next week, this share is going to segue to what uh, Rebezo said is a national share. So it's going to be for all the Aga de Perkos. It's going to be on Zoom. And the, the trip from the five towns to Hugon Hills, I'll no longer be able to spend a good chunk of my day on the Van Wick Expressway. Hopefully we'll come up with uh, better uses of time. Uh, it's been uh, quite a while since I saw everybody live. In the last uh, year and a half, we have some new svarim, so if anybody wants to take a look at the map of the shear, they're welcome to. And um, But I'll be, we'll be seeing each other live, as of Hashem. Okay, Parshat what? The shear will be 11.40. Okay, Parshat Chayisar. There's a very well-known medrash in uh, the beginning of Parshat Chayisar, in the medrash Shabbos, Parsha Nunches, Simen Gimel. Parsha Nunches, Simen Gimel. And the Medrash says Rabbi Akiva was sitting and darshaning, and the more things change, the more they stay the same, the tzibur was dozing off, right? No. <laughs> 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 Rabbi Akiva wanted to wake them up. Omar! He, so he pulls out of his sleeve his... Uh, by the way, I want to say, before we start, you know, I give a lot of shirim online, but um, for those listening online, I think the favorite shir is the Monday Agra the Perka share. I always get comments uh, I've heard from other countries. What's the Agra the Perka, the Agra the Perka share? Why? Because they, it's the best audience. They can hear the people laugh at the jokes. <laughs> so I just want to give you uh, a yashikai for that. Even on Zoom, sometimes you laugh at the jokes, but it's, it's, you know, it's not the same. Okay, anyway, Rabbi Kiva wanted to wake up his Talmidim. So he pulls the best rabbit out of his sleeve. He says, what did Esther see to rule over 127 Medinois? Why would, in other words, why was Esther Zoycha to rule over 127 Medinois? And the answer is, Esther was a descendant of Sarah. Sarah Yimena lived 127 righteous years, and in the merit of her 127 righteous years, Esther ruled over 127 Medinois. And here is the million-dollar question. If you were a rabbi, and you are standing at the pulpit, and your constituents were falling asleep, and this is what you pulled out of your sleeve, they would all be out cold. Okay? Do you find this particularly interesting? That why was Esther Zoycha to rule over 127 Medinois in the merit of Sarah's 127 righteous years? What in the world is so interesting about that? That was Rabbi Akiva's best, you know, Milsa de Bichus over here. What is, is so interesting about this teaching of Rabbi Akiva? And the Chidusha Harim, it's quoted by the Pnei Menachem. I believe it's in the Chedush Arim as well. He offers the following uh, explanation. Rabbi Kibu is telling his Talmidim, let's make the following chazan. If in the Zuchus of 127 righteous years of Sarah, Esther ruled over 127 countries, then the merit of every month of Sarah, Esther must have ruled over a whole region. And in the merit of every week of Esther of Sarah, Esther probably ruled over a state. And in the merit of every um, day of 
Sarah's life, Esther ruled over a city. And the merit of every hour of Sarah's life, Esther probably ruled over a neighborhood. And the merit of every minute of Sarah's life, Esther ruled over a, a district or a town. And the merit of every second of Sarah's life, Esther ruled over a whole city block. Look what you could do in one second. In the merit of every second of Sarah's life, Esther got a whole block. And if she would have blown that second, then Esther wouldn't have gotten that block. Look what you could do in a second. Talmidim, don't fall asleep. If you miss this second, you don't know what you could be losing out on. Every second in life is precious. Rabbi Kiva wasn't trying to make a joke. He was telling them you have to take advantage of every moment of life. That's the Chidush HaRem. And the question is, so it comes out, which Tana teaches us the value of every moment of life? Rabbi Akiva. Why Rabbi Akiva? Why not Rav Tarfoin? Why not Rav Gamliel? Why not Rav Eleazar ben Azariah? There's so many Tanoim. Why Dafka Rabbi Akiva? So you ask, why Dafka Rabbi Akiva? You want to ask such a question? Why Dafka Rabbi Akiva? But uh, th- that question is definitely um, worthy to be addressed anytime you see a memra in the Gemara. You're entitled to ask, why is this Amoira saying that memra? Like we once discussed Purim time, you know, the Gemara says, Amarava Chayv Inishu Basumei Bukuraya Adalayada Ben Arhama Lebarach Mordechai. Why Rava? Why not? I don't know. Why not Abaye? Why not Rangamliel? And until Rava, they didn't drink on Purim. What, you know, why is Rava the Bala Memra? And if you remember, we quoted from the Sefer Shtei Yadois, who quotes from the Arizal, that Rava's neshama was connected to who? Light. That's why when Light was saved, Vayikhu Es Light the Es Ruchushoi Ben Achi Abraham. And Arizal says, Ruchushoi Ben Achi is Rosh Hashanah's Rava. Rava was connected to Light. And, Ra- and Light made a misstep with Yayin. So to rectify Light's misstep with, with Yayin, Rava always in Shas is telling you good things you could do with wine, like drinking on Purim, or the Gemara says that Rava would drink wine Arab Pesach to whet his appetite. Throughout Shas, whenever there's a statement about wine, you can take it to the bank, it's Rava. Anytime in Shas there's an anti-wine statement, it's always Abaye, ironically. So... You're, you're allowed to ask the question, if you have a memra in the Gemara, why is so-and-so the Balha memra? So we want to know, why is Rabbi Akiva the one who teaches the world Chashivos Hazman, the value of time? So let's speak a little bit about this Indian, the Yikarois Hazman, how precious time is. We're going to start in the beginning. That's always a good place to start. God created the luminaries. God said, let there be luminaries in the heavens. To separate between the day and the night. And it should be signs. And mayadim. Uliyamim. Vishanim. And it should be to bring light in the heavens. So right now, this passage is uh, God is creating the great luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars. Right? You know what that is, right? You've been out of your house in the last year and a half. You know, there's something called the sun. 
that round thing that gives off light. What is the function of the right? If I were to ask you, what is the main function of the sun, the moon, and the stars? What would you say? What is the main function? What's their purpose? Most people say uh, to give light. No? Sounds good. To give light. To give heat. Look at the pasuk. The pasuk says, "Vayomelakim mihima oyrois." Why? Lahavdil beinayomelayla to separate between day and night, and to make yamim toivim and years and days. And and they should give light, says Rashi. By the way, a secondary function is they should give light. As if the fact that the sun and the moon give light, that's their secondary function. And what's their primary function? Asks Hagoin Rav Simcha Vasserman, This is quoted in the Sefer Kuntras Simchas Elazar, and also in the Kovitz Parshiyos. How could you say that? The fact that the luminaries give light is its secondary function. Isn't it its primary function? And Rav Simchalasman says no. The fact that the luminaries give light is its secondary function. You know what the primary function of the luminaries are? To tell time. To know when it's day, when it's night. When an hour has passed. When a moment has passed. How do we know what time it is? We only know what time it is based on the sun and the moon. The primary function of the sun and the moon is the hayu yamim vishanim to tell time. And by the way, the fact that they keep us alive—that's also another function. The fact that they give heat and light—that's another function. But that's not primary. Primary is the fact that through them we're able to tell time is the primary function of the sun and the moon. Listen to a mishnah. Herzchayin a mishnah. Misha nafla alav mapoilas. That's one thing that we've encountered in the last year and a half. Somebody who an avalanche fell on them, unfortunately. Safek husham, safek enisham. He might be there, he might not be there. Safek chai, safek meis. He might be alive, he might not. Safek nachri, safek Yisrael. Mefakchin alav es hagal. You're allowed to desecrate Shabbos and uncover the pile. Mitzul chai, if he's alive, you continue to uncover. He's dead, you can't continue to be Mechal Shabbos. Meaning, you have someone, Loyalenu, they're under the rubble. What if they're basically almost unconscious, they're a goises, and they're, they can only live one more moment. Ayolach Ayesha, right? Ayolach to desecrate Shabbos to prolong someone's life one extra moment. Of course. So the question is why? What could they do in one moment? What could somebody do in one second? Why would you desecrate Shabbos to be able to prolong someone's life for one moment? And the answer is, look at this in the Iri, Herzachayin Me'iri. It says in the Iri, page Reish Tzadi Gimel, Hizchilu L'fakeach, if you began to uncover, Ubadku and you checked, B'chaytma, you checked his nose, right? You put the feather by the nose. U'matza'u L'chayin, you found that he's alive. Mashlimin B'fikuchay, you complete the the uh, overseeing. Even though it's clear, that's impossible to live for even one second. In that one second, maybe the person will do tshuva. It only takes one moment to do tshuva. In that extra moment, the person is alive, the person could do tshuva. Yeah, Rabbi Blythe says over the story that... Um, 
Shabbos. And the relative responded back, Good Shabbos. And according to Rabbi Kiveger, when the person says Good Shabbos, in the Kayin, the Mitzvah, Haseh, the Iraisa, Zahar, Hashem. In one moment of life, a person can be Kayin on Mitzvah, with that Mitzvah, Yesh Kaina Oilamai, the Shachas. Remember, um, my great grandmother, was in the hospital on the last day, and my uncle, my father, went to spend Shabbos with her, and she was on complete life support, and there was no communication with her, but they figured, okay, they'll sing Zemiris with her, and they'll sing Zemiris Friday night, and they sang the, the Zemer of her, of her father. They sang the Karibayn, and that Karibayn stirred her, and she was shaking, and she was swaying to, to participate in the Zemiris, the Sefer Chassidim writes, singing Zmirois on Shabbos is a mitzvah de Oiraisa. What's the mitzvah de Oiraisa singing Zmirois on Shabbos? He says, by Eoiv, Eoiv said, he cursed his light. He said, in my house there should be no light. It should only be cursed. There should be no light. There should be no song. So the Sefer Chassidim, so we see the definition of cursed is lack of song. So if Shabbos is by Yivarech Hashem as Yom Hashvi, Shabbos is blessed. Then God says in the Torah by Yivarech Hashem as Yom Hashvi, the way to make Shabbos blessed is Miras of Shabbos. So you never know. One moment of life, you could do tshuva, you could be mekayim zochas Yom Hashabbos lekatsha, you could be mekayim by Yivarech Halakim Atzim Hashvi. There is a well-known observation that was made in Slabotka from the Navi Yonah. Remember good old Yonah? Yonah's on the ship. He's running away. And everybody realizes that uh, it's this guy's fault. It's Yonah's fault. So Yonah says, okay, I'll take the blame. He says, throw me overboard. Throw me over. And then the storm will stop. So the Apostle says, Lift me up and toss me over. And Reb Leib Chasman once told his Talmidim at the end of the last Yom Kippur of his life, he said, what's Pshat? So, uni v'hatiluni. Lift me up and hurl me. Just say, hurl me. Why the extra word, so uni? Reb Leib Chasman would say, Yonah understood his end was coming. He understood he has to go. But if he could buy, if he could buy one more moment of life, lift me up and then throw me overboard, Yonah said, that's worth it. Every second of life, is so valuable. In fact, in the Hakdama of the Sefer Torah Avram, Torah Avram was written by the uh, Mashkiach of Slavatka, Rabbi Avram Grzinski. Rabbi Avram Grzinski, I believe, was the father-in-law of many notable Yedoylem. He was the father-in-law of Chaim Kreisler. He was the father-in-law of He was the father-in-law of um, many members of Yaakov. And I had the chutz to meet his son in Eretz Yisrael, he, he lived in the, the building of Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman. I remember when I was a bachar, you couldn't get into Rabbi Aaron Leib. It was like, well, we used to go to, to Rabbi Yitzchak And the hakdama of the sefer was written by somebody by the name of Rabbi Mordechai Zuckerman. 
Chesedimon was the one of the last Talmidim uh, of the Chavot Chaim. I remember as a Bachar um, getting a bracha from Ramorka Zuckerman. In fact, Rabbi Abram Grzynski had the following idea that in the Kovna Ghetto, in the end, uh, at the end when the when the Nazis uh, basically took over Lita, so based on last week's parsha, that if there are ten tzaddikim that would save the city, Rabbi Avram uh, Grzynski sort of gathered ten people who would accept upon themselves to be ten tzaddikim, and in their merit, they would save Lithuania from the Nazis. Now, one of these ten tzaddikim was Rabbi Mordechai Zuckerman. Anyway, at the end of the life of Rabbi Grzynski, uh, they're, they're very scary pictures. You know, he had a long beard. There's a picture of him when the Nazis shaved his beard, except for his... Uh, Mustache. Rabbi Mordechai Kamenetsky put out a book about the history of the five towns. So, in that book, he has the picture of Rabbi Rom Grzynski uh, when the Nazis shaved his beard. It's a very, it's a very haunting picture. So, anyway, at the end of his life, he was a choyla masukan, but he begged them to take him out of the hospital and bring him to the ghetto, even though he knew his end was coming, just to be able to buy a few extra moments of life. So, and he quoted this idea of, uh, that Rabbi Chasman said, he quoted the name of the author of Sabotka, that lift me up, because if you lift me up, so I'll have one additional moment of life. In fact, it's, um, I have a sefer at home, one of my favorite sparrows. The name of the sefer is Chaim Tehillah. It was written by the great guy, Rukhain Falaji. Rukhain Falaji was the, the rabbi of Turkey, of uh, Izmir. And he wrote many, many, many svarim. And he wrote the Chaim Tchila. When he published it, he published it in small size. What's Chaim Tchila? A hundred and one ways to connect the last Pasuk of the Chumash to the first Pasuk of the Chumash. A hundred and one ways to connect La'ine kol Yisrael to Bereshis bar like in the Sashemayim Yisaaretz. You know, what one way is La'ine kol Yisrael bara shai barasa shai for all of Israel. God created the three hundred and ten worlds of Olam Haba. La'ine kol Yisrael barasa shai. So he has these kinds of um, he has these kinds of mnemonics. Anyway. He, he writes, the reason why he publishes in small size is the whole reason he wrote this sefer is each perosh, each way to connect the end of the Torah to the beginning is very short. It's like a short baratayra. And he says, in the month of Tishrei, people don't have a lot of time to learn. So, yeah, you know, they're busy with Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Dalaminim, building the sukkah. They're waiting online. They're here. So they don't have set time to learn. They only have a few minutes here, a few minutes there. So he wrote this sefer this way people have a minute here, a minute there, they could hop, okay, one shot, another shot, another shot. And that's why he published it in pocket size, so people could carry it around with them, and they could take advantage of the, um, the, the regoyim spheris, uh, the, the small amount of time that they had. That's why the Chavetz Chaim recommended in the Sefer Torah's Habayis, in Parak Vav, we have over here, on page 3, Sadi Dalad, the Chavetz Chaim recommended that, that uh, people should try to be a Baki, in a Masechta Baalpeh, or in a Seder Mishnayis, and the Chavetz Chaim writes uh, many benefits. Number one, by doing so, you're Mekayim, the Indian, Vahoyu Hadvar Mo'ela, Asher Anoichi Mitzavacha Hayoim, Al Levavacha. 
This way the Torah is upon your heart. Number two, he, uh, I'm skipping number two for a moment. He quotes the Zohar HaKadosh, that somebody who inherits one Masechta, inherits a whole world. How do you coin a Masechta? If you know one Masechta, Baal so you're coin that Masechta. Or, we have in Tzachim, the Gemara Tzachim says, Ashrei mi shabalatan v'tamuda biyadai, fortunate someone who comes upstairs with his learning in his, in his hand, that if you know a Masechta Baal you'll be able to come and but one of the main reasons uh, the Chavatayim recommended uh, knowing a Masechta Baal this way you're making the Indian of V'dibartabam V'shivtecha V'veisecha U'vlechtecha V'adarach this way you're making the Indian that when you're traveling when you're on the road when you're waiting online when you're here when you're there you'll be able to be making the Nitzvah of Talmud Torah wherever you are Let's just give an let's give an illustration how valuable one word of Torah is. Now, by the way, the Chavetz Chaim did an experiment. How many words of Torah can a person learn in one minute? Chavetz Chaim writes that he looked at his watch. He got a stopwatch, and in one minute, he could, a person could learn two hundred words. Does that mean? Now, think about it. Not only the value of a second, the value of a third of a second. The value of a third of a second. A person could learn 200 words in one minute. So, I want to share with you a teaching of the altar of Kelm. It's brought in many svarim. And uh, the following idea. The altar of Kelm said, this is on page Reish Tzadihe. The altar of Kelm said, the whole world was created for one purpose. Kol Masha Bara Kadesh Baruch Hu Ba'ilamai Le'Barai Ella L'Chmaidai. That means, says the Altar of Kelm, it was worth it for the Almighty to create the whole world and to maintain it and to keep it alive for six thousand years, so that one guy, one time in his life, could answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shemai. Obviously, that guy's not a grunnik because the grunnik holds you don't answer Baruch Just for one guy to one time answer Baruch Hu Shemai, the whole creation was worthwhile. Says the author of Kelm. One thousand Baruch Hu Baruch Shemais is not equal the value of one Amen. I mean, now Baruch Hu is pretty valuable because it's worthwhile for God to create the whole creation and go through the Kayan killing heaven, the whole Mabul and the whole Darachlaga and the whole uh, the Roman Empire and the Babylonian Empire and all these Hilarias just so one guy can answer Baruch Baruch Shemai. But one bar- 1,000 Baruch Baruch Shemai is not even equal one Amen. And 1,000 Amen is not equal one Amen Yehishmei And one thousand Amen Yehishmei Rabbas is not equal one word of Limar And how much time does it take to learn one word of Torah? Less than a third of a second. And it's worthwhile to create the world so that just so that one person can answer Baruch so a person might say, okay, I don't know a Masech about Pah, and 
not only that, I don't even know one Mishnah Baal I don't even know one word of Mishnayis. I can't even translate it. Worry not, because there are still many things a person could accomplish in split moments. The Sefer Achinuch writes, take a look in the bottom page, Reis Sadi Hay. Sefer Achinuch writes that certain mitzvahs only apply at certain times, only apply to certain people, can only be fulfilled during the day, during the night, by a ish, by an isha, by a koyin, when the Beis HaMikdash is standing, chutz nishisha mitzvahs mehen shechiyuvan tmidi, except for six mitzvahs, that their obligation is constant. Lo yipasek me'ala adam afilu rega b'chol yama. These six mitzvahs do not cease even for a moment, for one whole whole life. And these are called the sheish mitzvahs tmidiyos. Number one, lehamin b'ashem, to believe in Hashem. Number two, shaloi lehamin zulasoi, not to believe in anyone else. Number three, liachadoi, to believe there's only one God. Number four, liahava oisai, to love Him. Number five, liyira oisai, to fear Him. Number six, shaloi lasor achar machshavas halev. Not to turn after the thoughts of the heart and one's eyes. Says to say, these are the six mitzvahs to medias, which, by the way, the Mishnah Bura in the Bir Halacha quotes them. And he says, any, any moment, any moment one thinks about them, there's no end. The reward for mitzvahs is infinite. Va'ashrei hamekaimam karoi. Fortunate is someone who fulfills the sheish mitzvahs properly. Says the Sefer Achinuch. How do you remember the six mitzvahs? Simonam. Here's the mnemonic. You ready? Sheish are miklat tiyanolachan. There are six cities of refuge. Now, I don't think it's so complicated to remember that there are six that I need. Oh, well, you know what the mnemonic is? There's, I don't know, why not Shishay Sidre Mishnah? That's six Ori Mikla. By the way, you know that uh, there's a lot of speculation now that the Taliban are coming from the Yasser Sashvatan. You know about this? And they have uh, a number of Jewish practices. Most prominent among them is this, and this answers a very well known question. Why were there so many Ari Mikla and Eva Layardin, right? Equal to the rest of Jews? Because, well, the Gilad Shrichi Reitzchen. In Gilad, there are a lot of murderers. And the question is, that's very nice, but Ari, you don't go to the Ari Mikla if you're a murderer. You go to the Ari Mikla if you murder by accident. Now, what's the answer? The more intentional murderers there are, the more accidental murderers there are. Same thing with the Taliban. What mitzvah do they really emphasize more than anything else? Ari Mikla. <laughs> that's. That's their mitzvah. You know, some people, their mitzvah is tefillin, halas, chesed, by the Taliban, their mitzvah is ore mikla. That's koydesh kadosh. So what do you mean? Why are they killing so many people? B'shoigeg, same thing. When there are a lot of rutzichas b'meizid, there end up being a lot of rutzichas b'shoigeg. I happen, they're not my cousins, but I know other people down my block who might be related to them. But that's, uh, a lot happens in a year and a half, you know? find out about a lot of long-lost 
relatives. Anyway, why do we need to know that the simon for the Sheikh Mitzvah are the Arei Miklat? So the Prima Godim in his Hakdama to Arachayim, Prima Godim says, you know why? You know what the analogy between the Arei Miklat is and the Sheikh Mitzvah is Says the, the Prima Godim. He says in the bottom of page, Reis Sadivav, Achshoi Vani, I think, Kamoi Haroid Seach, like a murderer. Miyad Sheyatsa Mitchum Miklatay, the moment he comes out of his refuge, Nirtsach, or Misa, he could get killed. The moment the Reitzach leaves the Miklat, he's endangering his life. So too these six mitzvahs, one has to place on their mind always, Bimchas Vishalom Rega Echad, Zazmehem ain't type. The moment you start thinking about other things, it ain't good. It's like you're leaving the Arei Miklat. These six mitzvahs offer you a sphere of protection. It's like an iron dome. The moment you leave out, the moment you venture out, you're in danger. Perhaps we can add, what's the connection between the Arei Miklat and the Sheish Mitzvahs Tamidiyos? And that is, Marv Rabbi life is very short. I just saw yesterday... Something beautiful from Rabbi Pesach Frank. The Gemara Baba Kama says on that Tariyal from the days, I'm Ravino minted coin. I happen to not. I'm Ravino minted coin. What was on the coin of Avraham? So, um, the Gemara says on one side was Bachor Ubesula, and on the other side was Zakain Young man, young woman, and the other side, old man, old. What's, what's the meaning of that? So the Sikh is frank. The meaning is, Aravino is teaching the world, life goes by very quickly. Time flies. You start off, young man, young woman, and you just flip it around, and before you know it, it's Zakeno Zakeno. That was the message of the coin of Aravino. So life is very short, and there are a lot of things in this world that take away our time, that, that diminish our time. However, through the Sheish Mitzvah's Tamidiyah, a person could rescue themselves, save themselves from the danger, the greatest danger in the world. What's the greatest danger in the world? Sakonas ho'avadoin of ibud u'bizbaz hazman, the danger of losing time. So they want to ask the Shevet HaLevi, Reb Shmuel HaLevi Bozna, the great place like the Shevet HaLevi, they asked him, you know, what do you say about the Sheish Mitzvah's Tamidiyah? They figured, I don't know, you know, he's learning Tyro all day. He doesn't say it's Bitlo, you know. Well, what is a person doing? Thinking about, I love you, Hashem. I fear you, Hashem. Let's get what they are. The first one is to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Number two, Ve'en Zulasai, there's no other God. Number three, Le'yachadai, that God is one. Achdos Havores, that you love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By the way, the Chavetz Chaim writes that why should the love of Hashem be different than any other mitzvah da'iraisa? The same way, you know, before you go home in the morning, you make sure you said Shema, and you put on tefillin, and then you eat breakfast. So, so, so too, why should a person let any day of their life go by without first being the kind of mitzvah of Avas Hashem? And then you could go, uh, you could go eat. And Mechachila, you should have it in mind when you say the Pasuk like You don't have time there, at least before you go home at night. Uh, before you go home in the morning, Rav Miller would say that you should make sure to make it your business to say, I love you, Hashem. If you're embarrassed to do that, he would say, 
telephone booth and make a long distance call. So you say, there are no more telephone booths. So these things could have some purpose. Anyway, all day people, they're on these things. So you're also on it. You can make a, I love you, Hashem. And if you're embarrassed to do that, you could send a text message. There are all kinds of ways to take advantage of this little device that more than anything else, it strives to take away our time. So they asked Rav Vosner, what do you have to say about the Sheish Mitzvah to me, the ice? Says Rav Vosner, believe you me. Ha'amin li, chabibi. Zeli kvar shivim shana. Ani meharher ba'otam sheish mitzvot to me, the Lepachot me'ab ha'amin for 70 years, not a day went by that I did not fulfill Sheish Mitzvah's Tamidiyos at least a hundred times. Hamin li chavivi zekvar shivim shana ani meharher ba'oisam Sheish Mitzvah's Tamidiyos lefachos mea pa'amim b'yayim. Now, who's the great Tana who sees his Tamidim? They're falling asleep. They're losing moments. They're losing seconds. And he wants to wake them up. And he wants to tell them, No! The value of time every moment! Rabbi Akiva! Why Rabbi Akiva? So we want to suggest, what does the word Akiva stand for? Says the Ramah Mitano. Akiva stands for, Yesh Koina Oilamoi Bisha Achas. Akiva is Rosh Hashanah. Yesh Koina Oilamai Bishal Achas says Ramami Pano and Maimer Yoinas Elam. So you say, but that's only if you spell Akiva with an Aleph. So what if you spell Akiva with a Hey? Now we spell with an Aleph, but you know the Orzarua, Rabbi Yitzchak Avina wrote a Sefer, and he called the Sefer Orzarua. And when he was asked why do you call it Orzarua, he said, Look, I was writing a book and I had a dream, and in the dream I saw the following passage. Or Zarua la Tzadik uli Yisraelitim. I said, huh? Why is the heaven showing me Or Zarua la Tzadik? He says, because I was trying to, I was writing in the Sefer, how do you spell Akiva for Gittin? And I wasn't sure if you spell with the Aleph at the end or a Hey. And then I realized, Or Zarua la Tzadik uli Yisraelitim is Rashi Tevois Rebbe Akiva. Or ends in a Resh. Zarua ends in an Ayin. Latzadik ends in a kuf. Uli Yishrei ends in a yud. Leiv ends with a vez. Simcha ends with a hey. Based on that, I paskin that Akiva spelled with a hey. By the way, we don't paskin that way. We spell with an aleph. But he named it Arzorah because... But the Ben Yehoyada asks, what if you spell Akiva with a hey? He says, not a problem. Then Akiva stands for Yesh Kaino Oilamai Bisha Ha'achas. You could acquire Oilam Haba in the one moment. Is it coincidental that this individual, Rabbi Akiva, was given the name Akiva Yish Koina Oilama Bisha'achas? We know a name captures the essence of the individual. And if there's one person who we know who got a late start in life but made sure that in his remaining 80 years he took advantage of every single moment, it's the great Tana Rabbi Akiva. To the extent where Chazal say he reached levels even higher than Moshe Rabbeinu, how did the man do it? He, until age 40, he was Amoretz. He didn't have that much time after. 
The answer is he made sure to take advantage of every single rega and moment and minute. And that was his the essence of his being. He was, he personified, he embodied. And therefore, if there's any Tana who could teach Klal Yisrael, teach his Talmidim, the value of an hour, the value of a moment, the value of a second, it is none other than the great Tana, Rabbi Akiva. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva, when he wants to wake up his Talmidim, he says, my dear Talmidim, in the merit of every year of Sarah's life, Esther ruled over a country in the merit of every month, a region in the merit of every day, a city in the merit of every moment of Sarah's life, Esther ruled over something quite significant. Every moment of life is precious. That's the main objective of the sun. That's the uh, that's what our life is made out of. These moments that Kalish Baruch Hu gives us. And we see the greatest of people, somebody like the Shevet Alevi, took advantage not only of the hours he had to learn, but even the milliseconds, the meaningful milliseconds, he took advantage of, and he was mekayeng these sheish mitzvahs by his own testimony at least a hundred times a day. It is a great pleasure to see everybody. Bracha v'aslacha. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other around. And uh, please join us starting November 1st. When, uh, when, on Monday at 11.40 for the year Happens to be on uh, November 8th. I'm out of town, so we're not going to have this year November 8th. But we'll be back on the 15th. And uh, until then, Thank you.